right. Well, good morning. Everybody alive and awake and ready to go for a new day? All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad we're singing that song. It fits so well, especially with this morning's um, subject or topic that we're going to cover. And so uh, I've enjoyed all the songs, but that one just really fits perfectly. So Mark chapter 8 again, would you please? Mark chapter 8, and we're focusing on Christ. Christ makes the difference. That is the series that we're doing in the mornings. <clears throat> Christ makes the difference. And if Christ is going to make the difference in your life, then first of all, as we saw yesterday, you need to what? You need to know who He is. You need to know Him. Know His greatness and make Him the very center of your life. Okay, so He needs to be the very center. And what happens if He is the very center of your life? As we saw in that puzzle, everything else works out around Him, doesn't it? But He's got to be the very center of your life. So you need to know who He is. And um, we spent some time yesterday talking about the blind man and how Jesus uh, touched him twice, right? Spit on his eyes. We didn't fully illustrate that, right? But, uh, you know, had Andrew. Andrew's going to help me again today a little bit. But uh, we touched his eyes and then touched his eyes again. And I believe that was illustrating how that, you know, coming to really know who the Lord is, uh, it's going to come through a series of, of events and times with the Lord and, and uh, maybe even trials that you go through to help you get to know Him even more. And so God is patient to work with us, to bring us along in getting to know Him. And uh, that's what this week is really all about, is just helping you to get closer to who He is, to know Him. I remember a camp I preached uh, o over in Colorado. Um, it's called Treasure Mountain. Absolutely beautiful place in Marble, Colorado. Has any, anybody been there? Have you really? Isn't it, isn't it an awesome place? You've been there too? Is that right? Man, I'm telling you, just amazing. It is, it is remote. I mean, you're at 8,000 or something feet in elevation. No electricity. <clears throat> Pardon me. It's just all run by generators. So when they say lights out, they mean like lights out. I mean, it's like there's no way you can turn a light on, you know. But anyways, um, I was preaching there, and it was a small group. I'm going to say maybe 30 young people. And they were really cool. And, and they knew it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I mean, they, they really were. They were very preppy and very... Uh, kind of well-to-do. I mean, you know, uh, it, that, that was my, my impression. And, you know, I know that we're bad judges of things, you know what I mean? But I was thinking, man, these are rich kids, and, and they're kind of snotty. And uh, just, I, I hate to say that, very athletic, you know, and, um, and all those things. And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to get in their face and preach hard. And, and so I just tried to think about whatever it was they might like, and I'd preach against it. Okay, maybe it wasn't that extreme, but I thought, man, it's on. It's evident that, you know, these teens are carnal uh, and need to get repentance on. I mean, it, it, that was my, I'm, I'm almost ashamed to admit that, but that's kind of what I was thinking. I thought, we're, we're going to preach sin right out of them, you know? <laughs> and so anyways, that didn't go so well. And what I did, and some of you that have been there, I went past the tabernacle out where it's just the mountains all around you. And, and it's like, I'm telling you, it's like the Lord just, just said to my heart, just go back and tell those young people 
how great I am. And, and my thought was, well, aren't, aren't we supposed to tell them how bad they are? And, he, and it's like the Lord just said, just go back and help them to know that they can know me and know how great I am. And I'm telling you, preaching how great Christ was changed the whole week. And on Friday night, they had a testimony time. And some of those um, proud, arrogant teens hum had humbled themselves through the week. And one of them raised their hand and said, you know, um, Brother Jason, I didn't think I could, like, really know God. I was just here more for the activities and stuff. But he said, as a result of this week, I came to know who he is. And I'm telling you, when he said that, the Lord just really spoke to my heart. And... Um, and so it's kind of been a quest in my heart and mind to just help young people know who, how great he is. Because if you see how great he is, you'll see that you have great spiritual need. That's for sure. Um, you know, I was dealing with my son, which, by the way, my little boy, uh, Trenton, six years old, he was saved just about two Monday nights ago. It was wonderful. I was telling Brother Michael about it. And um, we'd been working with him a long time about salvation. In fact, one time I was, I was asking him, I, you know, Trenton, do you know that you're a sinner? And, and we were dealing with the Ten Commandments, and I, and I said, uh, Trenton, have you ever broke one of God's commandments? And he said, Trevor has. <laughs> he pointed out real quick how, what a rotten sinner his brother was, which he's right, you know. But, so anyways, that was, you know, back when he was five, I guess. And, but God really been dealing with his heart. And I uh, took him to junior camp, not to attend it, just for one night and the next day. And a man was preaching, and, and right after the service, I mean to tell you, he made a beeline to me and said, Dad, can we go outside? And we walked outside and turned the corner there on the sidewalk, and he pointed down at the sidewalk, and then he knelt down. He said, right here. <laughs> and I thought, all right, this young man's ready to be saved, you know. And uh, God had been working in his heart. Well, you know, he'd been hearing how great the Lord was. And when you see, see and hear how great the Lord is, you realize what great spiritual needs you have. Okay? And so you need to know him. I spent quite a bit of time with that yesterday, just that we can know him and thank God he knows us and wants to have a relationship with you. I hope you had a good time with devotions yesterday, did you? And having some time alone and... Uh, Spending some time in prayer, spending some time in the Bible, reading, praying. Um, man, man, do that. I, you, need, you need that time. In fact, I don't think there's anything you'll face in life that if you'll just take like a day or at least a half a day and take three things, your Bible, a journal where you can write in it, and maybe even write out some prayers to the Lord, and a songbook, and get out there somewhere in creation, like out here in these mountains and beautiful places in California. You should be able to find a great place here. And just get along with the Lord and sing to the Lord. You know what I mean? You say, like, out loud? Yeah. Out loud, out there on the mountain. Just sing to the Lord. You know, one time I thought I was very alone doing that, and uh, <laughs> I wasn't as alone as I thought. <laughs> it was kind of embarrassing, but hey, you know. But you do those things, and you just get along with the Lord. And I don't, it doesn't really matter what you're going through I don't think there's nothing that an afternoon with God can't clear up. As you get to know him, you'll see he's a lot bigger than my problem is. Yep. You got to know who he is. Okay, so today, you ready? All right, today, if he's going to make the difference in your life, not only do you need to 
know who he is, but then this today. Here's our main thing we're going to get across. Not only know who he is, pardon me, know who he is, but then this, follow who he is. You've got to follow who he is. You've got to follow who he is. You can't follow who you want him to be. You hear the difference? You've got to follow who he is. Mark chapter 8, would you stand in honor of God's word and we'll do a little Bible reading here together today as we get started. You've got to follow who he is. Well, how about we start with verse number 29. This should sound familiar where Jesus says to his disciples, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth and saith unto him, let's say it together, Thou art the Christ. And Peter got it right, and we rejoiced in that. Fantastic. Yep, he's about to get it wrong. Just like that. You ever have a time when, like, in your class at school or something, I know you don't want to think about school, but you finally got whatever lesson it was that you were on, and then the teacher said, okay, now it's time to go to the next lesson, you're, and you're thinking, wait a minute, I just got this one. Could we just keep learning this one? Because <laughs> I get this, okay? It's like Jesus is saying, okay, next chapter. You got that I'm the Christ. Now let me tell you what that means, all right? So he says, Verse 31, let's just drop down there. It says, and he began to teach them <clears throat> that the Son of Man. Son of Man is a title that is synonymous with Christ. Okay, everybody get that? Son of Man is just another way of saying Christ. If you look back in Daniel chapter 7, you'll see that Son of Man is used about how Christ would come and set up the kingdom. Okay, so it's the same, same terminology, same reference. That the Son of Man must what? suffer many things and be what rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again okay and he spake that saying openly and peter took him and began to what rebuke him G peter is rebuking jesus you see something wrong with that? I mean, it's like Peter saying, um, Jesus, you've got your uh, theology all wrong. <laughs> How can Jesus get theology wrong? He wrote it. He is it. But Peter's saying, uh, Lord, let, let me help you out with your eschatology, your, your doctrine of future things. Uh, you're, you're a little bit off here. He began to rebuke him. Look at verse 33. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he, Jesus, rebuked Peter, saying, get thee where? Behind me. And then he called him Satan, adversary. Get thee behind me, for thou savorest. Okay, the word savor there, your frame of mind, what you like. Thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Let's keep reading. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples, also he said unto them, Whosoever will come, what's the next two words? After me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And so Jesus hadn't forgot about the glory that was to be, but he was focused on the cross. All right, so this morning, if he's going to make a difference in your life, you've got to follow who he is. May God bless the reading of his word. As you're seated, we'll get right into the message here today. <coughs> a few years back, I was uh, preaching a youth conference in uh, New Mexico, and the pastor there said, uh, we were in Silver City, New Mexico, and he said, look, uh, it's nighttime, and he said, I've got to stop off in this neighborhood, and so instead of you just following me back into this neighborhood, let me just have you kind of pull off to the side on the high, of the highway, or just, you know, the, the road we were on, not an interstate, but just the highway, just pull off to the side, and then I'll turn into the neighborhood. It'll take me a couple minutes. I've just got to drop something off, then I'll come back out. He was driving a, a I think it was a silver Toyota Tacoma-type truck. And uh, so anyways, he said, just wait here, and I'll be right back. And so I pulled over to the side, just like he said. And, uh, you know, it wasn't too long, but then this Toyota truck came. And so I started following him. And I followed him, you know, for, I don't know, maybe half a mile or a mile. And then it dawned on me, oh, no, that's not the pastor. That's another Toyota truck. Kind of looked just like his. And I didn't have the pastor's cell phone number. And it, it uh, hit me that, okay, I better go back to where he told me to be. And so I did. And there he was waiting for me, wondering where in the world did he go? Had no way to communicate with me. And, and that was uh, very important to think through because who you're following determines where you end up. Isn't that right? Who you're following determines your direction. I have no idea to this day who I was following at first, but I realized it wasn't the right one. And I'm glad, of course, that I turned around and got back to where the pastor was, the one that was leading me to the house where we were going to stay and such. It makes a difference who you follow, because who you follow determines where you go. It determines your direction in life. Here, um, Peter has made the great acknowledgement. We've already seen that, and he says, thou art the Christ, the Christ. Now, well, what I need to do a little bit here this morning is just to explain uh, what their thoughts were about who Christ was and what Christ was to do. I mean, ever since he was a little boy, Peter had grown up hearing and knowing and believing that when, when Christ comes, he would set up his kingdom, okay? That was their mentality. You read in Daniel chapter 7, like I mentioned, about the Son of Man. The Son of Man comes in power and glory, and, and he sets up his kingdom, and his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion, and to his dominion there is no end. I mean, that, that when, when they thought Christ, they thought power and, and uh, position and ruling and reigning. And so at this point, 
the Jews had been under Roman domination. I mean, the Roman Empire, of course, after the Grecian Empire had dominated them. And so really, I mean, as far back as, as Peter's family could think back, I mean, the Babylonians had come in and taken them captive. And then after them, the Medo-Persian Empire ruled and reigned in that area. And then after the Medo-Persian Empire, Alexander the Great and the Greeks came in and dominated that area. And then once their power kind of waned, then the Roman Empire came in with great power and great force. And if you've studied the Roman Empire, it was a strong empire with, with a lot of force. And so they were oppressing the Jews. So every Jew, every little Jewish boy, they wanted to someday to be rid of these Romans and to set up a Jerusalem, a, a kingdom again for Israel. I mean, they had this aspiration. They had this dream. Of course, having had David as their king and Solomon and, and all this great empire, and now they've been, they've been dominated. Okay? So they believed that when Christ came, he would set up their kingdom. That was the public opinion about Christ. If in the day and time Jesus was there, you went and interviewed any Jew and you asked them, when Christ comes, what will he do? They would say something to this effect. When Christ comes, he'll set up his kingdom. It'll be a great power. And he was putting two and two together. It's like he was thinking, hey, you are the Christ. That means you are to reign. You are to rule. And if you're to reign and rule and we're with you, then that means we reign. We rule. You got it? That's what Peter was thinking. So in verse number 31 and following, when Jesus began to say, as you see there, he began to teach them, and he's, he's building off of what Peter had said, that you are the Christ. So now he teaches them what the Son of Man or what the Christ would do. And we saw that Jesus said that the Son of Man, the Christ, must what? Suffer and be rejected and be killed. Okay, so what, what in the world? I mean, it, this doesn't make sense with what, what Messiah is supposed to do when Messiah comes. Do you get what Peter was thinking? He's thinking reign, rule, power, authority. Jesus is saying suffer, rejection, die. <laughs> doesn't make sense, does it? And so Peter uh, he pulls Jesus aside, and so Andrew, why don't you come up? Let's just illustrate this here right quick, if you would, okay? And so Peter is supposed to be following Christ. So I'll let, let Andrew or AJ, which one are you going to go by this morning? It don't matter, okay. So Andrew, um, and so Jesus had said, okay, Peter, you're right, I am the Christ. And so let, let's just imagine that the kingdom is this way. All right, the Jewish kingdom, the Israelite kingdom, the throne is, is this way. And so it's like Peter's thinking, I don't know, the word cha-ching just comes to my mind. Cha-ching, <laughs> power, <laughs> ruling, reigning. And, we're head, and, and you're thinking, we're headed to the kingdom. And so it's like this. Jesus says, that's exactly right. The Father has revealed to you that I am the Son of Man. And so now, Peter, Peter's ready to head this direction. And so Jesus says, Peter, I must suffer, be rejected, and die, and rise again. He didn't catch the rise again part. He just heard suffer, die, rejection. That's all he heard. And so it's like Jesus is saying, yes, we're going to the kingdom. And then Jesus goes this way, towards the cross. Peter is wanting to go that way. 
Who's supposed to be the leader here? The Lord Jesus. Exactly. So what Peter does is he pulls Jesus aside, and I can just imagine, like, Peter, you know, putting his hand on, on, on his shoulder and saying, uh, Jesus, you got it all wrong. <laughs> just like that right there. You're all messed up. You need to take a course on theology. We need to get this all straightened out. We're not going to suffer. We're not going to be rejected. We're not going to, you're not going to die. You're the Christ. You can't die. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm going to die. Peter was thinking the crown. Jesus was thinking the cross. So Jesus has to rebuke Peter. And he has all the other disciples there, all of the other 11 disciples. And he turned him about, and I think he probably looked on every single one of them. You know why? Because Jesus knew what these men were about to face in their own lives. I mean, think about it. Peter, according to history, died crucified upside down. Other disciples, James, would die John would be exiled. And on down the line, you read through and find out what happened to these men. And they went the way of the cross as well, so to speak, the way of suffering. You see, sometimes what can happen, even in a camp setting, is it can seem like everything about following Christ is going to be fun and enjoyable and easy or easier, when actually following him may very well get very difficult. May very well cost you, will cost you something. May very well cost you your life. So Jesus says, Peter, get thee where? Behind me. And in fact, when, when, when Jesus said, thank you, you, just follow me at this point. When Jesus said, get behind me, you know what he's saying? It's a military term. He's saying this, Peter, listen, get back in rank. You're out of rank. It's like he was trying to be the leader, and Jesus says, uh, wait a minute, get back in rank, okay? You're here to follow me. And then he said to all of his disciples, which, by the way, following Jesus is not just for preachers. It's not just for preachers. It's for anybody who knows Jesus as their Savior. You're supposed to be following him. And so he says to his disciples, follow me. If any man would follow me, let him what? What did he say? Look at back at the verse if you need to there. Let him what? Deny himself, right? Take up his cross and follow me, okay? So deny yourself. What deny yourself means is that you have to say no to yourself. Take up your cross means that you identify with his suffering, I mean, it basically was like this. It's like Jesus was inviting everyone that would follow him to join him on a death march. How about we put that out on the marquee this Sunday? Come follow me and be rejected by the world. <laughs> Come and, and uh, follow us on a death march. Be misunderstood. Be, uh, be mis miscommunicated to others and be rejected by your friends. Be unpopular. How about we put that out? That's basically what Jesus was saying. He didn't promise them any kind of position. He didn't promise them any kind of ease. He didn't make it seem like it was going to be uh, easier to follow him than not to follow him. He just put it right square on the line to say, look, if you're going to follow me, it's going to be the way of suffering. Are you really willing to follow him? 
Are you really willing to deny yourself, to say no to yourself, to follow him? Let me ask you this morning, why do we have a hard time following, following the Lord? What are, what are some of the reasons? Just here, right quick, uh, raise your hand and, and let, me, let me hear from you. Why do we have a hard time following the Lord? What comes to your mind? Yes, sir? It is hard, isn't it? What's hard about it? Yep. And they like when somebody comes up and you want you want to do your thing, but then it's giving you You want to do your thing, but then you, yeah, exactly. But you know what you're supposed to do. That's hard. I don't like to tell myself no. That's right. Okay, why else? Lexi? Worldly influences. Absolutely. Very true. Yes, sir. Distractions. distractions. There's all kinds of distractions from following him. Yep. And not necessarily that all of them are bad. But you can kind of get to chasing something else. Very true. Yes, sir. Okay, very good. Fear of things that you don't know what happens. When I, uh, I mean, this is a, a, a real-life illustration. When I, was, when I was singing the song and looking at the words uh, about what it would cost to follow Jesus, in my mind, Brother Rex Switzer came to mind. Brother Rex Switzer, a missionary in Ethiopia, South Sudan, went into South Sudan and, and contracted a, three strands of malaria and before they could get him back to Ethiopia, he died. You know what I mean? Or once he got to Ethiopia, he passed away. I mean, you think about, he didn't know what was going to happen, but he knew that's what God wanted him to do. I mean, that, there's the ultimate price paid to make sure that others hear about Christ. And so there can be a certain fear. Well, I don't know if I, if I give my life to the Lord, what's going to happen? If I really let, if I really, listen, if you really, truly let him have his way, that means you're not in control. And I like being in control, don't you? And I like being able to be the one to say, um, I want to do this. Growing up, I wanted to play Major League Baseball. Thought for sure I was on my way to the majors. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also wanted to be a wrestler. <laughs> I mean, back in the day of like, you know, Hulk Hogan and all those guys, I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to wrestle. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I had all kinds of ideas growing up, but then God called me to preach. Yeah. And that, and that, hey, I'm, I'm thankful to God in heaven for that. Okay. Why else? Why else is it hard to follow him? There's certain things about the future that you don't know. What else comes to mind? Anybody else? Yes, sir. Say it again. Ridicule from your friends. Hey, that's a real deal, isn't it? You start to get real serious about following him, people will think you've gone crazy. I mean, they very well could. They're going to think you're wasting your teen years following him, not doing what everybody else that's a teenager your age is doing. You're going to miss, they're going to say you're going to miss out. And I'm thinking, yeah, I am. I'm going to miss out on all kinds of regrets and miss out on all kinds of messed up lives and miss out on all kinds of bad habits and miss out, miss out on all kinds of things. I'm glad I missed out. Yeah. But you're right, the ridicule that's there. Okay, so Peter, he's not to be the leader. He's just supposed to be the follower. And if Jesus is going to make the difference in his life that he ought to make, and by the way, I read this morning as Peter stood and, and preached and, and was even in prison. I mean, he got it. He finally got it that the way to the, to the crown, the way to the kingdom is by the way of the cross. It's by the way of suffering. So he finally got it, but it's going to take him a while to get it. But let, I told Andrew, let's just do this. 
let's play follow the leader. You ever do that? Okay, what's the object to follow the leader? Just follow the leader. <laughs> Just go wherever he goes, okay? So, Andrew, if, if I go fast, then that means he goes fast, right? If I go slow, that means he goes real slow. If I speed up again, then that means he speeds up again. Let's see if I can lose him here. Okay, he's doing real good. Okay? If he's following the leader, then that determines where he goes. It determines how fast he goes. Right? You know, sometimes when you're following the Lord, it seems like the Lord is going, you okay? Sometimes when you're following the Lord, it seems like the Lord is going so slow. Then there's other times it's like, man, I can't keep up with what's going on. I'm out of breath. (laughs) Are you willing to let the Lord determine your direction in life? I mean, for real. Are you willing to let the Lord be the one to determine the direction of your life? Basically, I'm asking you this. Are you willing to let the Lord be the Lord? What do you think? It's a good question, isn't it? Are you willing to let the Lord be the Lord as the one who would determine the direction of your life? And are you willing to let Him determine the speed and the rate at which things are going in your life? Are you willing to let the Lord be the Lord? Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it. You did a good job, man. Hey, let me, let me help you with one thing. There's only one God and you're not him. If you get that one thing down, that'll help your life a whole lot. There's only one God, and you're not him. If he's going to make a difference in your life, you've got to be willing to follow who he is. You can't follow who others say he is, because there's all kinds of confusion out there about who Jesus is and what his will is. How do we know who Jesus is and how do we know what his will is? I'll tell you how. We've got to get in this book and find out who he is and see who he is and see what he, what he wants and what he expects. And, and don't go by what, if you go by what society says about Jesus, you'll be really messed up. But you go by what his word is and who he says he is and you follow who he is. And by the way, you can't follow who you want to make him to be. You've got to follow who he is. I sat across the table from a young man, and he came to me because he was having trouble in his life. And, um, I mean, he was in some really deep stuff. And, and I, I said, uh, hey, could I see your phone? And I took his phone, and I scrolled through his contacts. And I could tell by the names listed there that he has some friends that he really shouldn't have if he's going to get real serious about following the Lord. And I took that phone and I pushed it back across the table and I said, would you be willing to go through your contacts right here while I'm sitting here with you and delete those contacts that you know are not leading you in a right direction? And he looked at his phone and he said, I can't do that. It was a sad moment. You know what he was saying? Essentially he's saying this. He was saying, I know what the Lord would want me to do. but I'm not ready to do that. He was out of rank. 
he really dropped off the radar for the next two years. I didn't see him, and I heard things about his life. And it, it, watch this, young people. It does this. When you stop following Christ, your life just spirals down. And he got into some things that I, I couldn't even mention here and ways of life and alcohol and drugs, just everything that just flooded. And I'm not saying that, you know, it goes that way with every single person. I don't want to paint a picture that's not real, but that was real in his life. But I'm also glad to tell you about some others who said, you know, whatever it costs, I'm willing to follow him. I've, I'm yet to meet one person who says, said, I wish I never started following Jesus. Not one. Not one. Not one. I haven't met one who decided to follow Jesus who said, yeah, it's been easy. I haven't had a problem ever since I followed him. <laughs> that, that, that's not reality. The reality is, is we live in a fallen world and we live with sinful people and you are a sinful person yourself. And so there's going to be struggles and trials and difficulties. In fact, tonight, God willing, I want to preach about some of the trials that we face in life. And there's going to be a lot of setbacks, and there's going to be a lot of disappointments, and there's going to be friends that, that used to follow Jesus who are no longer following Jesus, and there's even going to be preachers who will fail the Lord, and, and there'll be other people that you thought, man, they're, they're always going to be serving God, and they're not going to be serving God. And maybe even your parents are going to split up, or, or maybe other trials and difficulties are going to come to your life. And listen, all those things are around you, but here's the real question. Are you going to keep following Him or not, regardless of what it costs? Will you let the Lord be the Lord and say, I'm going to let him make a difference in my life because thank God I know who he is. And not only do I know who he is, I want to follow with the help and grace of God. I want to follow who he is. And if you'll do that, I'm telling you, I'm telling you on the authority of the word of God, he will make the difference in your life. Father, we thank you this morning that you invite us to follow you, regardless of the cost. And Lord, we uh, see in your word that while we have one way in mind, you have the way of suffering, you have the way of difficulty at times. And, and so, Lord, we don't determine the way, we're just supposed to follow you in the way. I pray that every person here today would just make up their mind that they're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And for some that may be following you into full-time ministry, but certainly for everyone, it would be serving you full-time in some capacity. It certainly will require them denying themselves. It will require that they would follow you behind you all the way and it would require that, God, they would take up their cross to identify with you by way of your suffering and the ridicule, even as it was mentioned today, and to go into the unknown, Lord, and follow you. And so, Father, I pray that you'd help them to do that and help me to do that, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.